Hi, you're about to listen to the ICGC Worldwide Podcast. Our mission is to raise global leaders, shape vision, and influence society with the principles of Christ. For more information or empowering content, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ICGC Worldwide. And now, for today's message. Now, when you come to this church you're going to find that we have an emphasis. We have an emphasis. You see it so much. You see our decor that you see that there is an African emphasis in this church. In the decor, in the way we set up, you go through our office, in the artwork, all of it is painting a picture that this is a church that has a specific target audience that it's trying to carry a message to. Now, I am a Ghanaian. I hope you know that. I'm a Ghanaian. And I'm black. Now, if you were confused, just know I'm, I'm, I'm a black guy. I'm black. I'm a Ghanaian. I'm sure that if they did my DNA, you'll find I'm 99.9% black. Maybe some 0.1% will be France, French, or Portuguese, or something. I don't know. Or maybe more. I don't know. I don't know who my great, great, great ancestors were. You know, but as far as I know, I'm, I'm just a black guy. God did not call me in Germany. God did not call me to London. He called me in Ghana, in Africa. So if he called me here, it means that there is a context I must operate in. And there is a people I am called to. It doesn't mean I cannot preach to other people. I travel all over, all over the world. I preach to different audiences. And I preach the gospel to them because the gospel can be applicable to everybody. But I am also very much aware that I am called to black people. That I'm called within an African context, within a Ghanaian context. That something about my message should speak to them about their concerns and about their situation. So I cannot be so world focused that I forget the immediate group before them, before me. So there is an African-centered approach. I used to preach a lot about it uh, years ago and uh, I have softened a bit on that. But I I believe in it and I believe that I need to get back to that message because I think we are missing it big time. I believe that God uses all people. That God visits all people. But God cannot use a people who have not been prepared. No matter how much he wants to use you, you need to prepare. God cannot use a broken people to build anything. If God is going to raise and use people... They have to be whole. They have to be complete. And I believe that there are peculiar issues with Africans that nobody understands. You need to be one of us to understand us. Even African Americans don't understand us. Because our issues are very different. Everybody's issues are different. So, there is a context in which we operate in. And I believe that One of the biggest challenges of our continent, of black people everywhere, is inferiority complex. Inferiority complex in a sense that we can't solve our problems. A sense that we are helpless, a sense that we need somebody to come and lift us up, somebody to come and help us, and until they help us, we are helpless. Even when we have the answer, we feel we are helpless. 
And that sense of helplessness didn't start yesterday. It started long ago. Even before our encounter with Europe. When we were just living by ourselves. We felt helpless. Because we live in a world that was controlled by gods. And spirits. And demons. And all kinds of entities. The rivers controlled us. The trees controlled us. Everything controlled us. So in our own world we felt we couldn't solve our problem. That was why development was very slow amongst us. Because the sense of being in charge and in control of our environment was not there. That's an African problem. It's deep within the African mindset and culture. And something must be done to address that sense of inferiority from that point. But that's not the only source of our inferiority. Then we met Europe. About 500 years ago, the Portuguese came along. Thank God for Portuguese. They were exploring the world and we were sitting down. They came to explore us. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know the way the world tells history like, you know, uh, Christopher Columbus discovered the new world. The people were there. People are living in their country. You say, I've come to discover you. So what, who, what were they? The people know this is the river. This is our river. We fetch water from it. And then you come and say you've discovered it. So the people who were fetching water from the river, what were they doing before? But you know, that's how Europe handled things. So the Portuguese came. The Dutch came. The Danes came. The good old English came. Colonized us in the process. Made us a nation and, and all its bunch. And there are some positives with, with that experience and there are some negatives. And I don't want to rubbish all of that. But the net effect of what happened was we came to accept that until the white man helps us, we can help ourselves. Unfortunately, Christianity came to us from them. I say unfortunately because the Christianity that came from us was the true gospel. But it was culturally clothed in the European. And so there is a kind of Christianity that we embraced that made everything white. Jesus is white. Angels are white. God is white. And so we began to feel we are nothing. We are not able. We, God, if we, even we are not even the same color with God. Now, if you think that way, although you are a Christian and you are born again, there will be a certain sense in your mind that although you are a Christian, you still are not of the best sort because you are of the wrong color scheme. So in addition to our own inability to solve our problems, we now assign problem solving to another race. So anytime we are in trouble, we rush to them. Anytime we are in trouble, we rush to them. Assorted levels of white people. You know, I say, I say assorted because, you know, what, this is what foreigners don't understand. That when we say a white man in Africa, it's not what they say. For example, if an African-American says you are white, it's different from when an African says you are white. We have assorted levels. <laughs> so... It starts from the European to the Indian. 
and anything in between. For us, they are all white. <laughs> African men, they are all white. So anything that looked different from us, we conferred our destiny into. So we need to solve our problems. There's filth around us. We don't solve it. We're waiting for the IMF. We're waiting for World Bank. We're waiting for a white consultant. We're waiting for somebody to come and solve our problem. So we became very inactive. It is in this context that God called me. Now, if God called me, then it means that part of my mission should deal with that problem. First, with the ancestral problem, and secondly, with the secondary problem of colonialism and what it has done to us. Damage our sense of of confidence and self-control. But I believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, properly preached and articulated, can present the solution to the African problem. Because Christ... The Christ we talk about, he has the power to transform a person from within. And when we see him as one of us, it changes our whole approach to how we solve our problems. And I believe that that approach of confidence is what we need to turn our destiny around. Unfortunately, anytime most Africans talk about Going back to Africa, going back to our roots. I, w- I wonder, why do we always say going back to our roots? Why don't we go for the fruits? The root is down, the fruit is up. We think being African is imitating the lifestyle of some people who lived 300 years ago. Imitating them is not being African. Because if I want to be an authentic African, I don't become an African by looking backwards. I become an African by looking forward. I have to interpret my vision, my purpose, my assignment in Christ to who he has made me as an African. I don't want an African past. I want an African future. I don't want to imitate what Yasantua did. I want to create something new for myself and my generation. So if at this time we're still pounding fufu the same way Yas Antwa pounded it. And I, I, I grant you your right to eat your fufu, no matter the calories. Yeah, I grant you your right to eat it. But should you prepare it the same way it was prepared by your ancestors? Can't you do it differently? Can't we look at our lives and say we are going to create something new? And how do we become an aspirational people? A people who are always looking forward to better. We are looking for greater. We are looking for bigger. We are looking for more. How do we become that person? So that we don't look around and say, well, this is our life. This is where we are. It's okay. Look at the number of our people who try to cross the Sahara Desert to go to Europe. And believe you me, if that way was open, Africa would be empty. It would be empty. If the American embassy today decides this week is free visa for everybody, Ghana will be empty. Nigeria will be empty. Why are we traveling? It's not because we have a sense of adventure. Because if we had a sense of adventure, we would have traveled to Mole. We would have gone to Kintampo. 
You have no sense of adventure. It's a sense of hopelessness. It's not adventure, it's hopelessness. It's a sense where you feel nothing good will come from here. But I believe the scripture says Ethiopia, Africa will soon lift up her hands to God. And I believe that time has come. We have stretched our hands to America. We stretch our hands to Britain. We stretch our hands to China, to the Soviet Union, to India. It's time we stretch our hands to God for ourselves. It's time to write our own story. And I believe that is what this church is all about. And I believe when you come here, you have to be part of that aspirational group. The group of people who are saying, enough is enough. I believe I can solve the problems facing me. And I believe we can make and create a new Africa. I believe we can tell a new story. I believe we can turn the story around. And I can believe that we can make it better. But we can't make it better until we are built from the inside. Because the problem we have is not a lack of money problem. It's a lack of confidence problem. Believe you me, with all our complaints, we still have oil, we still have gold, we still have diamonds, and we're discovering more and more minerals. We can discover everything. We can even discover heaven on earth. It will change nothing. The solution is not in the natural resources you discover, but it's in the confidence you discover that even when you have nothing on your land and you have something in your head, you can create something on the land. There are nations, nations with no raw material, but they have created stuff. There are nations that import water. There are nations that have nothing, just people and brains. Just people and brains and confidence that they can use their brains. Now, if we have that confidence, the missing link in Africa is the confidence bit. Is the confidence bit. When I was younger, I thought we would have conquered that thing. But as I grow older and begin to wonder, will we ever conquer this? Because if you listen to our national conversations, you wonder, are we serious? Are we serious? We eat and drink politics. Turn on radio. Here there is no political vacation. From the time a vote is cast to the time the next vote is cast, we argue politics morning, afternoon, evening. Check all your radio talk shows, all the top talk shows. Take politics out, they have nothing to talk about again. I, I won't even say take politics out. Take NPP and NDC. Just say this morning, no NPP, no NDC. There'll be no conversation. Because we can't even think beyond two parties. We can't think any ideas. We can't think solutions. And we drive ourselves into this abyss of hopelessness. I don't listen to Ghanaian radio much. I, I will listen maybe for 15 minutes and shut off because it's very depressing. It will contaminate your soul. I don't watch Ghanaian TV much. I watch a little one, two, three. I say, oh, nothing has changed. Go back. I watch animals. 
I'll watch cheetah. I'll watch lion. I'll watch antelope. Oh yeah, I'll watch antelope anytime. I'll watch cheetahs anytime. I'll watch giraffes anytime. Because at least they will tell me how to hunt. How to get your goal. How to avoid being eaten. I will learn that from the antelope. At least. I'll come back inspired to say nobody will eat me. (laughs) But you watch Ghanaian radio, uh, TV. And you wonder, are we still here? The mediocrity. The excellence that we used to have is all gone down. Instead of raising this bar higher, we've lowered it and lowered it. And every time we lower it, lower and lower and lower and lower. And we have huge problems. I don't mind if Americans don't talk about serious things. They have solved part of their problems. I don't mind if Germans decide to joke with their destiny. And the British decide to joke. But we, we have no choice. What kind of joke? Because we are in a mess. In a huge mess. Recently, some governmental leader of another nation described us in very, very unpalatable terms. Very annoying term. But that term is not prescriptive, but it's descriptive. It just speaks to it's just that you don't, sometimes you don't like the person who is saying it, but you know. You don't like him for saying it, but we're probably worse than the description. <laughs> and we seem lost. And you listen to the church. And I don't like criticizing preachers, but. Unfortunately, some of the solutions we put out there, frightening people with death, frightening people with prophecy, frightening people with it, and just, just putting, complicating the sense of inferiority and powerlessness and weakness that we feel. So when will the African ever rise up and say, I can do it? When every time he feels there is something chasing him to destroy him. How can you ever be confident when somebody says he's had a dream of you and you you won't survive the year? How can you plan for next year? How can you plan for 10 years? How can you have a long-range vision when people are trying to limit our ability to even think for 10, 20, 40 years? So here we are. A people imprisoned by our own culture. And unfortunately imprisoned by religion. So how do you solve it? Some people say that Christianity is part of the problem. And in a sense, yes. But you know when you are bitten by a snake. And you are poisoned by a snake venom. The only cure to a snake venom is the snake itself. You have to create anti-snake serum from the snake's bite to purge what happened first. 
So if we think that our problems are spiritual, then it's going to take a new spiritual formation, a new spiritual understanding to solve our problems. I believe that is what ICGC exists for. We're here as an antidote. And that is why you will never come here and hear me say anything that will make you feel that you live here, you should be in fear. That there is a demon running after you. Listen, we are already running. We don't need anything to chase us. We're already running. We don't need anything to help us in running. We are already running. I'm not going to come and tell you it's your father's house or a demon and, 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 and all kinds of things and, and you can't do it and you have short to live and you, you can't survive and you have to come to me to pray for you before things work. Who am I? Who am I? To hold your destiny in my hand. You are bigger than my hand. You are created in God's image. You have an assignment from God himself. Bigger than any pastor. Bigger than any preacher. That's your destiny. And if you go for people to imprison you in your small mindedness. Then you are the problem. Because believe you me. You choose what you eat. And you should choose what you listen to. Yeah. You must choose it. There are certain things you must say to yourself, I'm not going to listen to that because it doesn't edify me. If I bring you a bag or I invited you to a buffet of cockroaches and I tell you this was made by the world's number one chef and you see cockroaches are on the buffet and the chef is saying, yeah, I'm the world's number one and I cook for uh, this and I cook for the queen. Hey, you can cook for whoever. You can cook for whoever. As for cockroaches here, I won't eat. Because I have a choice what I eat. So why do you act as if you have no choice what you listen to, what you feed your mind on, what you read? Because if you don't act and take responsibility for the things that feed you, you will be depressed. Believe you me, we are fighting battles that are serious. In Ghana, right after payday, poverty is chasing you. Right after payday. <laughs> you know, some years ago, poverty wasted the middle of the month to chase you. Now, it starts chasing you right payday. Poverty is chasing you. You just got paid and the poverty is chasing you. You have hardship. Why do you complicate your problems and listen to things that are designed to put fear in you? You already have problems. You are running from behind. Why do you want to put cement blocks around your feet? But that's what we do. And people say, well, he's a man of God. Yeah, he can be a man of God, but not for you. Let those who believe they are designed to be imprisoned in fear, listen to that person. But if you believe you are designed to rise, to run, and to soar like an eagle, then you have to determine, this will not work for me. 
Choose your future. Choose your life. Choose what you think. Choose what you feed your mind on. I believe there is a new African. Kwame Nkrumah said that at our independence, the dawn, there is a new African on the scene and that the new African is able to would teach the world that after all the black man is able to solve his problems. Great vision. Great speech. But now we can't seem to be solving any problem. We're always begging, begging, begging. Help us, help us, help us. Please, if you don't help us, we'll die. Help us, help us. I came here to announce to you that you have attached yourself to a vision. And that vision is designed to emancipate you from limitation. You will not be limited. Not by your past. Not by colonialism. Not by a preacher. You will not be limited. You will break free. And you will rise. And you will fulfill destiny. And you will fulfill assignment. You will. I am totally convinced that your destiny is great. That your future is great. I am totally convinced that you have ability sitting on the inside of you that you've not touched even a quarter of. You haven't even touched one tenth of it. But the day you tap into that power, something would stir in your spirit. And you would do great things. Many times people look at our church and they think we are a wealthy church. And I wouldn't refuse when people say we are wealthy. But I can say on authority, we haven't done things with money. We've done things with confidence. When we wanted to start our university, we didn't have even one city laid aside for a university. I just announced that we're going to start one year and we started. How do you build a university without money? You build things not with money, but with your brain and with your confidence. Money is fine when it comes, but don't ever let money imprison you. Thank you for listening to ICGC Worldwide Podcast. For more information or content about our church, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ICGC Worldwide.